Titus 3, 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Feedback here coming. Maybe I should step up just a little bit. Step back. See, let the pros tell me where to go. There we go. Thank you. Well, it is wonderful to be with you. It's always good to be together on Sunday morning um, to preach the word, to be together in worship. Um, at the risk of kindling a bromance, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it's a particular joy this morning. Um, Eric and Jenny are dear friends. Uh, we go back. A long time. I'd, I'd say you're more than dear friends. You're part of our family, as uh, my wife and kids have known you for a long time. Eric's baptized our second child, um, and uh, we've just walked the road together for a long time. And so thank you for inviting me to be here. Um, you guys may or may not know, some of you who are newer to the church, um, Eric dreamed of this um, years ago. And so it's beautiful to be here to see God stirring this work um, in you and through you and through all of you. So I'm just thrilled to be here with you. Um, we're in Titus today. Uh, we are continuing our sermon series on the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the question of who is the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, we, we could talk a long time about that, but let's just remember it's not an it, it's a person. That's one big takeaway from last week, right? It's a he. Um, as it relates to this week, we're going to be turning the page to the Spirit's work of regeneration. And I want to turn for a moment just back to verse 4 of our text today as we get ready to get started. And in verse 4, Paul writes this, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. So again, um, last week we talked about the reality of the Holy Spirit. And who he is. Today we hear a verse that says, um, Jesus, who is God, is the physical embodiment of the goodness and loving kindness of God. So that's who Jesus is. By extension, then, the Holy Spirit, who is also God, remember that from last week, is the spiritual embodiment of the goodness and loving kindness of God. So friends, today we're going to talk about this reality that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is given to regenerate us, to radically renew us. And in this work of regeneration, we see the beauty of God's loving kindness. In the loving kindness of God, 
the Holy Spirit is actively pursuing, even right now, each and every one of us, for the purpose of radical renewal, for the purpose of regeneration. Let's pray. Well, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we give you all honor and praise. We thank you for your word. We confess our failure to live up to it, but we thank you for Jesus, your Son, our Lord, our Redeemer, who makes all things new, including us. So Holy Spirit, we pray as you are with us today that you would stir in us. Father, wash away my iniquity, cleanse me from my sins, that your word might go forth with power and anointing. Holy Spirit, lead us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So show of hands, who here is a fan of the 1980s? Some of, our, some of you are too young to, to know what that was all about. I'm going to be a victim of my age and stage here a little bit. The 1980s, um, we, we could draw a list a mile long about the 1980s, right, in terms of all the cool and quirky things about pop culture in the 1980s. Back to the Future, Marty McFly, um, Bruce Springsteen, Michael Jackson, the St. Louis Cardinals, hair bands, rolled jeans, and hairsprayed bangs up to the ceiling. The Breakfast Club, Electric Boogaloo, the 80s were rich with hilarious and wonderful culture. Some of you remember kind of an obscure time in the early 80s. A lot of you probably wouldn't. Uh, but some of you may remember that there was a TV promotion nationally um, to promote a new nationally shown 3D movie. And I think this is an easy one. I don't think I'm going to lose uh, any coffee money on this, but a free cup of coffee if you can tell me the name of that particular movie. I know I, you, you, can, you can see it. You can see it. I know you can. Revenge of the Creature was the name of the movie, and it was the sequel to Creature of the Black Lagoon. Okay? So, so Revenge of the Creature in the early 80s, it was this, I mean, I remember it as a kid being like, Man, they are hyping this up something fierce. You'd walk around the corner to 7-Eleven, and it's buy a Slurpee and get a pair of 3D glasses. And you'd go to Burger King, and it'd be buy a Whopper and get a pair of 3D glasses. They talked and talked and talked about this and hyped it up. And I can remember myself saying, I mean, it's a flimsy piece of paper and plastic that you put on your eyes. How is it going to change your experience of what you see on the TV? I, I wasn't buying it, which is good because my parents weren't buying it either. They were kind of cheap, and they just said, no, we're not doing it. We're not going there. So the big night came and went, and like most things of the 1980s, one, one um, pop culture fad fades, and another one steps in to take its place, and it's almost a distant memory. Um, certainly is here today. Fast forward to 2013, and a new 3D movie was coming out, World War Z. <laughs> World War Z, okay, very obscure movie. Um, true Confessions, my wife and I, we were desperate for a night out. And it was just at that particular season of life where we're like, we got to find a movie somewhere. And World War Z was the best we could do. Um, but it was in 3D. It was Brad Pitt. It was zombies. It was crazy. Um, but for the first time, I had the opportunity to put on the 3D glasses. I'd never done it before. And now technology had grown tremendously from the 80s to 2013. So that was a plus. Um, but I can remember sitting in the movie theater. And as it started and all the way through, I kept doing this. In fact, brought a little prop today. They're not quite the 3D glasses, but you know, I kept doing this. I kept saying, what? what? How are they doing that? How are they? I mean, this screen is jumping out at me when I have the glasses on, but I don't see it when the glasses are off. How is that happening? 
Well, it was a blast, um, and I'm glad we did it. Um, this morning, as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit, and we're exploring the regeneration that he brings to us, we're going to look at it through 3D lenses. The Holy Spirit is given to us to radically change how we see the world, how we see ourselves, and that changes everything. Without the Spirit's work, we are literally unable to see life's full picture. And in God's loving kindness again, he sent the Holy Spirit that we could be regenerated, so that we could be made new, radically new. So with those 3D glasses on, we're going to look at three dimensions today of regeneration by the Holy Spirit in Titus. Dimension number one is our debilitation. Dimension number two is our deception. And dimension number three is our deliverance. Life in 3D, brought to you by the Holy Spirit. So first dimension, because of God's loving kindness, the Holy Spirit regenerates us by revealing our debilitation. Let's read together in verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. It's a long list of indictments. Um, it's true of us, and Paul here is painting a picture of the life that used to be for those of us who are now in Christ. As I was reflecting on this passage, a, a thought occurred to me, maybe it's occurring to you even as you read this today. Um, for me personally, I don't, know, I don't want to speak for you all, but I'm in Christ, but I can still be foolish. I'm in Christ, but I can still be disobedient. I'm in Christ, and I can still go astray. So what is Paul saying here when he says, we were once these things? What is he trying to communicate to us? Well, the first dimension of the Spirit's work in regeneration is revealing our debilitated state. And our debilitated state isn't just that we do those things. Our debilitated state is that we don't even see them. We don't even realize our offense to God, the Lord God Almighty, who, if you're here today and you're kind of in this searching phase of, you know, who is God, who is Jesus, let's just name the fact that we've got a mighty God who doesn't play around with our sin. He takes it very, very seriously. And the Holy Spirit, part of the work of regeneration by the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit comes into our life and reveals the seriousness of our transgressions to us. Maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't, but that's the work of the Spirit. It's not the sin, but rather our lack of understanding the offensive nature of it toward the Lord God Almighty. So humor me for a moment and take another trip back to the 1980s. A couple years later, um, I am 10, 11 years old. It's the mid-80s, and I grew up in Chicago. If you know anything about the mid-80s in Chicago, you know Michael Jordan was, like, iconic, right? And he was, you know, he's, he doesn't need any introduction, obviously. If you're not a basketball fan, one of the things you may or may not know is that Michael Jordan is partly iconic because of the shoe brand that he began. Um, if you talk about, you know, wanting to be hot stuff in the 80s or even today, have a pair of Jordans. And when I was 10 or 11, I wanted desperately to have a pair of Jordans, desperately, um, now, you can kind of see where this is going, because if my parents are too cheap to buy <laughs> 3D glasses, they're probably not buying me Jordans. But that didn't stop me from asking. Didn't stop me from asking. 
I begged and begged and begged and begged, and then Christmas came along, and I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe they will have pity on me and buy me a pair of Jordans for Christmas. Maybe. Christmas morning came, and there are a couple of presents under the tree with my name on it, and one of them looks like a shoebox. So I go right to that one, and I open it up. I'm like, no way. Sure enough, there they are, Jordans. I don't think I put them on until school went back into session after Christmas break. Probably even slept with them. Um, I get to school on the first day, and I run up to my buddy Jimmy, and I said, Jimmy, you're not going to believe this. My parents got me Jordans. And he looks at my Jordans. He's like, Tim, um, those are Nucleus, not Nike. <laughs> they were knockoffs. They were knockoffs. My parents got me knockoffs. They didn't get me the real thing. They didn't get me the real thing. So there, I'm, there I am at the beginning of the school day looking at a whole day in front of me of having to wear my knockoff Jordans around. I had no idea. Totally blind and totally blindsided. It's kind of what the Holy Spirit does to us when he reveals our sin. Before we know God, before we come to Christ, we are running around oblivious to what we have in our hearts, let alone on our feet. And in God's loving kindness, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives gently but firmly and says, Tim, church, you guys are in trouble, and I need you to know. Some of you may be here today and saying, you know, this whole God thing, I'm, I'm not buying it because what, if this God is loving and kind, why would he want to call us out and shame us in our sin?" Why would he want to do that? Um, if you're a parent here today, you know why, right? We don't, we don't want to see our children suffer because of their choices, right? We don't want to see our, sin, our, our children suffer because of their sin. Any good and, and loving parent is going to see a child going the wrong way and correct their course, right? But let's also remember who's writing this. Paul is writing this. And when... Paul was confronted with his sin by the Lord Jesus. Jesus did it in a way that was not shaming, was it? He met Paul on the road to Damascus and gently but firmly asked Paul the question, Paul, Saul, at that time, why are you persecuting me? In God's loving kindness, he reached into Paul's life in the same way that he wants to reach into your life and mine and gently calls out to us our debilitated state, our ignorance to the fact that we are offensive to the Lord God Almighty. Well, it's not enough to know of our debilitation, is it? We need to know it. It's the first dimension of the Spirit's work in us knowing it. But once we know it, something needs to be done about it. Something needs to be done about it. And that brings us to the second dimension of the Holy Spirit's work in regeneration. Because of God's loving kindness, the Holy Spirit regenerates us by revealing our deception by revealing our deception let's revisit verse 5 for a moment he saved us not because of works done in righteousness he saved us not because of works done in righteousness let's take a pause for a moment and just reflect on how we whether you're in Christ or not how do we respond when we are confronted with our debilitated state, with our sin? How do you respond? Think of the last time that somebody came to you. Maybe it's a sibling, a parent, a spouse, a child. 
the last time somebody came to you and said, Tim, when you did this, this really hurt me. What's your natural response mechanism? When I'm in my carnal state, I'll tell you what mine is. I want to do a couple, three things. I want to either deny that there's a problem, or in some cases, I want to shift the blame to somebody else and say, oh, you're right, that happened, but that's not my fault. Um, or, some of you may relate to this. I know this was my story and still is part of my struggle. You say, hey, you know what? I did do that. I'm going to work myself out of that. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to make this right. But Paul tells us here in their text today that he saved us not because of works done in righteousness. And friends, without the Holy Spirit's work of regeneration in us, we're going to default in the wrong direction. We are going to default in our carnal direction instead of the Spirit-led direction. And so we need the Spirit's work in this second dimension in our lives to be able to give us a right response when he confronts us with our debilitated state. The Spirit helps us to not deny that there's a problem. The Spirit helps us to not shift the blame, sometimes even in the direction of God, right? Well, God made this world. God made this mess. God made me. So it must be God's fault. I'm going to shift the blame his way. It's not my fault. The Spirit gives us the ability to see where we are tempted to deceive ourselves and how we deal with our debilitated state. Friends, we can't fix it. You might be here today thinking, okay, I do believe there's a God. I do believe he's holy and righteous. Um, but I think I, I think I measure up okay. I think I measure up okay. I think my works are not all that bad. Well, let's, let's, let's play that out a little further. Let me take you to a story of um, the late 90s, not the 80s. I can thank you for that. Um, the late 90s, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away. And I can remember being at the memorial service for her. And I saw my dad over to the side of the room. And I could tell he was just a little bit out of it. So I walked over to him and just tried to encourage him a little bit. And let me, let me insert here that I was a relatively new believer. I've not been a believer um, from the cradle. It, it took me into my young adult years for the Lord, for the Holy Spirit to come into my heart and change me. Um, so I'm a new believer at this point. And I walk over to my dad and I just kind of say, hey, dad, what's going on, man? Um, and he just kind of looks at me and says, you know, I'm just worried. I'm really hoping that grandma, I mean, she didn't live a perfect life, but I just hope she did enough. I just hope she did enough. That's where my dad was at. Praise God, the Spirit has moved him along since then. That's no longer where he's at, but maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you're here today kind of aware of your guilt and your shame, and maybe you're here today saying, I hope, I hope I'm doing enough. Is that you? It's okay. I was there too. Um, but the Spirit wants to reveal that as deception. Our works can't save us, friends. And part of the Spirit's work of regeneration, he takes those glasses and he says, this is the life you see. You may think you got this. Put those glasses on because you don't got this. You don't got this. It's a suffocating way to live. And that brings us to the third dimension. So we know that we're debilitated. Dimension number one, check. 
We know that we are inclined in our natural, out of Christ state to deceive ourselves and think that we can somehow work our way out of the problem. Check. So those first two dimensions revealed by the Holy Spirit and God's loving kindness, they prepare the way for the 3D picture of regeneration to really jump out at the screen. The third dimension is this, the Holy Spirit and the loving kindness of God regenerates us by revealing our deliverance. So we've looked at debilitation, we've looked at deception. The Holy Spirit, it's kind of like a one-two setup against the ropes, right? If you're a boxing fan, debilitation, deception. Now let me give you something good. Let me show you your deliverance. Let's read again in verses 5 and 6. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. According to his mercy, justified by his grace, heirs with certain hope. Let's dig into this a little bit. Let's start by digging into mercy and grace. If you've been around church for a while, you've heard those terms. Um, sometimes you might surprise yourself and say, I, I say that term a lot. What does it really mean? Mercy and grace. What are we really talking about when we say mercy and grace? So mercy, the basic idea is this. God is sparing us the penalty that we deserve. That's mercy. God is sparing us the penalty that we deserve. Grace. We're justified by his grace, and grace is God pouring out blessing that we don't deserve, merit that we don't deserve. So you see two sides of the same coin almost, mercy and grace working together. So what we see in verses 5 and 6 is our salvation comes according to his mercy, justified by his grace, heirs with certain hope. The Spirit points us to God's mercy in Jesus, right? Jesus who took the penalty that we deserved. That's why mercy can come in, because Jesus stepped in. And the Spirit reveals God's grace also in Jesus, who by his death and by his resurrection and by the sending of the Spirit gives us access to his righteousness, his perfect righteousness. So no longer do we stand before the Lord God Almighty as offenders, but we stand before the Lord God Almighty because of the work of Jesus Christ as beloved daughters and sons. That is our deliverance, and it's made possible only because God the Father sent the Son, who then sent the Spirit, and who reveals these truths to us today. So how's the picture looking now? Too good to be true? Struggling with it? Um, I have, and I'm sure you have as well, been the recipient of many spam emails over the years. And, and one of the dead giveaways for spam email for me is when it starts with this salutation. Dear Paige, I've got two essentially first names. My first name, Tim, my last name, Paige. So if somebody says, Dear Paige... <laughs> I, I know they're not quite getting it. Unless it's an old teammate of mine who used to call me Paige, nobody's starting an email to me with Dear Paige. It's just not happening. 
So if I get an email that says, Dear Paige, I know it's spam. I know it's coming in. Dear Paige, we want to inform you that a long-lost descendant of yours who lives in Asia wants to deposit a large sum of money into your account. Who, who, have, you seen, have you seen that email? Who's seen that email? Do you guys still do email? Am I too old? <laughs> we don't do email anymore, do we? The, 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 those emails come in, right? And it's like, when I get them, and I haven't gotten one in maybe a couple of years, but when they come into my inbox, I'm like, man, I, I really wish that was true. I wish I did have some long-distant heir that was coming to me and say, hey, just send me your account money and I'll wire you $2 million. Instantaneous. But we know it's a scam. Sometimes, and I'm just going to speak for myself, but I think this is true for all of us, friends, because we're still in that already not yet state. We are on a journey. Even if you are in Christ, we are on a journey. But sometimes I feel like we take the message that the Holy Spirit gives us and we treat it like spam email. Do we really know where we're going? Do you really know and believe what you've been delivered from? Do I? I mean, gosh, if I look at my life some days, I don't know. I want to. But some days I look at it like it's spam email. Dear Paige, you have a ticket to the new heavens and the new earth. Man, that's the real ticket, friends. And if you're here today and you don't know that, if you're here today and you think that somehow you got to work yourself out of debt with the Lord God Almighty, there's good news for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, and he wants to reveal it to you today. I'm going to close us up with this. Um, today, today's text, it's been a powerful trip down memory lane for me. Um, and maybe for you too. Um, it's kind of like 10 and 2. You know, the driver's ed, if you've got drivers in the house, 10 and 2, Jane. Just drive 10 and 2. Keep the arms steady, 10 and 2. Today's text is right down the middle of Gospel Central. The Holy Spirit revealing our regeneration to us by showing us our debilitation, by showing us how we're tempted to deceive ourselves, and then showing us how we're delivered from that. Man. 1993, I'm at Marquette University. I'm walking down the street as a freshman in college. Not saved, don't know the Lord, not walking with the Lord. I tell you stories, but you don't want to know about my past. 1993, I'm walking down the street, Wisconsin Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 8 a.m. class, I'm running a little bit late. If you've been to Milwaukee and you've been to Marquette's campus, it's kind of like SLU here in St. Louis. It's an urban setting. Um, you've got a lot of different stuff going on um, on Marquette's campus, including a lot of panhandling and a lot of people just hanging out on the streets. So as a student, you get kind of used to people stopping you and asking you for money. So I'm hustling to class, and two people are approaching me. I'm like, oh, I, I know what's coming. I'm late for class. How am I going to get through quickly here? So as I'm walking and these two people stop me, I can almost feel myself reaching for my wallet before they even say a word. And they, and they say, no, we don't, we don't want any money. We just want to ask you a question. And friends, at that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit lock me down. Right there on the concrete sidewalk of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And said, you, young man, need to listen to this question. 
Do you think you're going to heaven? I'd never really thought about the question before, at least consciously. But they had locked me down, and the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of my heart and said, What's your answer? What's your answer? I'll tell you what mine was at that time. I said, okay, let's play. I believe there's a God. You know, I tried to, try to save a little face. I believe there's a God, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure how it all works. I just, I gave my grandma's answer. I hope at the end of the day I've done enough to kind of have the scales tip in my favor. That's where I was. And they were ready for that. They were, they were well-trained evangelists. They knew in that area of the city from college students like me what kind of answer they were going to get. I grew up in a family that kind of thought that way. And they knew that. Well-placed question, landed in my lap. And in loving kindness, they said this. Hey, it's really good that you believe there's a God, because there is. And it's also good that you kind of fear whether you're right with him, because you know what? You're not. But here's what you're missing. There is nothing you can do to make it right. And they broke out this canyon track. Maybe you've seen it before. Man on one side, God on the other, and the great canyon of our sin in between. They said, it's not even that you can't get all the way across, Tim. You can't even get one step of the way there. That's how much trouble you are in. And then they flipped the page and they said, but there's good news. And you know what the next page is. It's the cross bridging the canyon between God and man. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit put those 3D glasses on my face. And I said, wow. I have been looking for this all my life. All my life. And the Holy Spirit, on a cold morning in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, turned on the lights. Turned on the lights. And he changed my heart forever. And he gave me this regeneration that we're talking about. He regenerated me from the bottom of my soul when I didn't even see it coming. I had nothing to do with it. He stepped into my life and changed me forever. I was still disobedient. I was still going astray after that. But I knew the lights had turned on. The 3D glasses had come on. And I knew. And it changed me forever because I was no longer looking over my shoulder wondering what if. I was looking at the new Jerusalem yet to come and saying, with certain hope, I know where I'm going. That's what the Holy Spirit does when he regenerates you. Many of you here today have received that. Praise God. If you're here today and that's not your story, we're here. Eric's here. I'm here. Mary's here. We would love to talk to you all. Suzanne's here. Don't delay another day. If you feel the Holy Spirit in your heart today saying, I got to get this right, don't wait. Make today the day of salvation. Make today the day of regeneration in your own heart. We'll talk about what happens next, next week, when we continue our series and we look at sanctification. Friends, it's all about the Holy Spirit at work in us. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer now to close and just ask him to continue to do this work in our lives.